I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I host this podcast, and I'm uh, ignorant about a lot of stuff. For instance, whether or not you'll be able to hear that airplane in the background, but I refuse to quit recording. Anyways, my ignorance is why we're here. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Please subscribe. And then review us on iTunes. Uh, I don't know why I always say us. It's me. It's a one-woman show. So help me out with those reviews. Uh, It helps the podcast show up more for other people. And um, in general, it just makes me feel good. So thank you to those of you who have done those. I like to share them on my Instagram story when I see the new ones. And hit that subscribe button. Um, You know, that way you can learn more. We can learn together. You can laugh at my ignorance. Uh, And all, all of the above. And another way, by the way, you can support my one-woman show of a podcast is by being a patron. And I want to shout out my best idiots forever patrons, Dustin, Jean, and Kathy. Oh my God, packages are in the mail. So the high-level patrons get what I call She Meant Wellness packages. It's new. I revived my, revived, revamped my full Patreon and um, they get quarterly subscription boxes a la... Uh, if you ever see the ads or subscribe to boxes like FabFitFun, which I have a feeling uh, most of my high-end patrons probably don't. It's uh, not even high-end patrons. Most of my listeners, excuse me. Um, it's I probably have a mix of FabFitFun types and people who are like, what in the fuck are you talking about? I found you through Ari Shafir or Legion of Skanks or whatever the hell. So... Either way, thanks for being here, but I send just fun stuff. I do a little survey when you join that level and find out your favorite snacks. And so I'll put a piece of merch and then some random silly shit, some snacks. It's just a little like, hey, thinking of you, appreciating you, fun package. And also, by the way, I need to take an extra appreciation for um, idiot extraordinaire Gene, uh, um, the real Noonie, for those of you who were joining in the Twitch shows that I was doing as part of Dumbwits. Um, he is to date our highest contributing patron and you guys, this is so fucking cool and like just means the world to me. He just joined our thousand dollar club. So he has now donated a thousand dollars to help this podcast, which is just fucking incredible. Like that's amazing. I'm so appreciative. I'm trying to figure out like, and by the way, my ADD and stuff, I've opened these tabs and closed them and been like, I'll get back to this. But like, do I do a plaque? that I send to people should I start like in my home office a little like thousand dollar club and then I put your name on one of the plaques you know like they do it I don't know charities and shit um because I am basically a charity case I guess either way rad as fuck I appreciate you so much um if you want to join the patreon and be cool as fuck like Gene and all the other patrons patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed there are different levels for a dollar a month you get free bonus content I'm late on the October stuff I'm gonna double up this month I promise 
Um, it's basically, there are goals for the Patreon, uh, where if I get to a certain amount, I can actually afford to be a little bit more organized about this because I can prioritize it over the other shit that's paying me, um, which would be dope. And then I can tell advertisers, um, want me to do garbage to go fuck themselves and not feel bad about it and secretly be like, sure, I've just taken that money. Um, cause I don't want to fucking sell you guys garbage. Um, you know, I'm always happy to tell you about products I love. a point where I start caving on being willing to sell I don't fucking know what anyway thank you to all the new patrons thank you to old patrons thank you to listeners um real quick before we get into the episode if you want to see me live I am on tour uh in November and December I'm all over mostly the east coast yeah I uh have one Vegas show on the 30th of November I'm doing Filth Factory at LA Comic Club but other than that pretty much east coast i'll be in tampa on the 13th of november nashville i will be in or uh, at zany's in nashville excuse me from november 14th through 17th i am featuring that weekend i am opening for both big j okerson and steve ran so i'm going to run two separate half hours depending on who i'm opening for um so come make it a two comedy show weekend because both of those guys are fucking awesome and they're so different and i'll do different um, work for each show. So if you come to each one, you won't be seeing the same shit from me either. And then I am doing in December a two week mini tour with my good pal, Buddy Hutton, friend of the show. You've heard him, he's a former guest. He's a comedy partner of mine. We do fun stuff together. We do Twitch content. We're building a whole thing. And um, he's awesome. So he will be opening for me uh, in uh, on our Platonic Enemies tour. You can see us at. Good Nights in Raleigh on December 4th. We're in Asheville at Fleetwoods on December 5th. December 8th, we're coming to Baltimore. Uh, we'll be at Magoobies. Virginia Beach Funny Bone on the 10th of December. Philly, I'm finally fucking back. I'm headlining. You guys have been asking me to come back, so you better fucking come to the show. Don't make me look like an idiot in front of uh, the Helium Comedy Club. So on the 11th, come see me in Philly. And then I'm going out that night for sure. I mean, we'll, we'll probably be fun nights every night, but Philly is like a party night, so fucking... Let's do this. Let's all eat a cheesesteak and get diarrhea in the streets or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm going to play it by ear uh, or by asshole. Who knows? Uh, New York City, the 12th. I'm at the Stan Comedy Club. I'm headlining in the upstairs room. Buddy will be opening. And my good friend and former guest of the show as well, Abby Feldman's going to host. So fuck, fucking come. It's New York. Do you not live in any of these cities? Then fucking plan a trip to New York. Are you kidding me? This is an opportunity for us to all hang out in New York. Let's do it. And then I'm working on a Boston show for the 15th and possibly Buffalo uh, on the 18th. But we do have Portland, Maine. So if you're way up there in Maine, we haven't forgotten about you. I'm finally coming to Maine. This will be my first time there. Tell your Maine friends, your Maine bitch. December 14th, we will be at Empire Comedy Club. Now, enough about where I'm going to be and more about where I am right now. And that is uh, recording this, obviously. But... I had an awesome guest, Jonathan Asley, who is one of America's leading midlife dating coaches. Um, but more importantly, he has recently expanded um, all that he's doing into really encompassing self-love, what that means, how to tap into it, because he discovered that uh, that's the kind of main key for being in a position to be really able to put yourself out there. We talk all about how he got there and, and what that means and what it means to him. And I ask him a lot of questions about what he does, his new book, 
What the heck is self-love anyway, which I'm going to read and do a bonus book report on in my Patreon uh, because I have been obsessed with learning self-love just anyway. So I want to fucking read it and then I'm going to share it with you guys. I'm going to give no holds barred. Did I find it helpful? Did I find it bullshit? Whatever. But he was awesome. We had a great conversation. I think you're going to love it. So uh, no further ado, you can find links to his book and his socials in the, in the show notes. But for now, enjoy this episode with the incredible Jonathan Asler. <laughs> hey, idiots. Welcome to Ignorance is Blessed. Uh, we have a great episode here for you today. I am here with Jonathan Asley, um, America's leading midlife dating coach, uh, a, a self-love guy I don't even know like guru what do we call it I mean thank you for being here I feel like there's just so many things I want to talk to you about but let's get into so you have a new book out yeah um what the heck is self-love anyway um this is so are you now like okay I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm so excited <laughs> um Let's okay, let's just chill. Take a deep breath. <laughs> this is how he does it, you guys. This is his coaching. <sighs> it's ancient. I didn't even come up with it. Isn't it <laughs> incredible like, how much a deep breath helps? Like it's such yeah. a such a basic tool that when I get like overwhelmed, I'm like, yeah, no, I get it, breath. And then you take one, and you're like, oh no, it does. Oh, it really God. helps. And you guys can't see him right now, but you like you really are such a very zen presence. It's wonderful. <laughs> mm. Just like a very chill. It's it's refreshing. It wasn't always this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the dating coach stuff. So okay. how long have you been doing that, I guess? Um, real quickly, I want to say something. I love the title of your your podcast. Thank you. I love ignorance is blessed. Thank and, you. And I, I'm sorry, I'm going off topic here. Oh, go, go I, all the way. I really like these days when people ask me, how am I doing? I always say I'm blessed. That's how I start that conversation. I love that. And, you know, they're like, okay, now get to the nitty gritty. How are you really doing? <laughs> like, now complain. I might say that there might be something going on in my life, but I'd like to think that I'm living a life that's blessed. I so why that. not start every sentence with I'm blessed? I love that. That's such a yeah. nice... Because I think it's easy to get caught up in all the little things and forget to look at the big picture of yeah how lucky, you know, so many of us really are. Yeah. That it's like, I'm here, I'm breathing. I'm in a country where I have so many opportunities yeah. and luxuries. <laughs> where it's, it's crazy. You want to feel how blessed you are? Go spend time in India. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, fuck, I am so blessed. You're like, and, and it's then not you just ignorant either. Come home it's and like, you're- get real. But you know, it's interesting. Ignorance is blessed. And so let's make it conscious that we are blessed. I like that. Like, know, it like really put it in one's consciousness every day. In fact, let's go a step further. How about the word love? is actually incorporated in everything you do, say, and be. Uh, Imagine the, if that were your world. I mean, the dream. That's who I, uh, and I'm probably, this probably isn't unique, like who I aspire to be is the person who always is responding and reacting from a place of love yeah. and kindness. And it's like, everyone's doing their best. And then who I really am is like, some days it's like, Come on, get out of the way, moron. And <laughs> half the time, the yeah. moron is me, you know? Yeah. But 
that really is the like the goal, I think. And I think that is the best way to live sort of a centered, blessed life. Do you feel like is that? I mean, how do you feel about that? Like as far as living in a place of moving from love, do you feel like you're so, constantly doing that? So let's rewind to back to your, your original question about my book, because um, that might give some insight into this. So um, for those listening, I am in my 50s. Um, after, <laughs> after turning 40 and going through a divorce, <laughs> I not only lost my quarter million dollar year job, I was going through a tumultuous divorce. And then a year later, the the stock market crashed, wiped me out of a seven-figure income oh or my seven-figure net worth. And so at one point when I was married, I lived in a $2 million home. Oh, my gosh. And I had to move in with my mom and dad in a retirement community. Oh, my That's God. That's how bad it got. And, and I went through a period of wishing. I went to bed wishing I didn't wake up. And I had two children at the time. And, and you know, I had so many blessings in my life, but all I was focused on was what was wrong, what's going wrong the in negative. my life and the negative. And I was so, literally, I was Eeyore feeding off of the negativity. It happens when you start feeding into it, it just becomes yeah. a cycle of, yeah. So I, right at that time, the movie The Secret came out. Yes. I watched The Secret. And actually, I had dabbled in what was called metaphysics, you know, 10 years earlier. Um, but the movie, the secret, and then I just, and then Tony Robbins and so many other gurus out there. I just, I started to follow all the gurus. I just, just started consuming to immerse that. myself with books like return to love by Marianne Williamson, <gasps> which, which I love, uh, Wayne Dyer, Abraham Hicks. And, Abraham and then Hicks, I was yes. doing workshop after workshop. And I began to immerse in a journey of self-discovery of personal development, self-help, and spirituality. Wow. Which, in later, I recognized that that was all that, you know, that was all uh, prescriptions of self-love. Those were like vitamins of self-love by, by discovering who I am and investing in myself. I love that. Was all of this self-love. So, and I'm going to fast forward for your audience. So, okay. um, last year, uh, about... I guess it'll be 16 months ago this week. I lost my 19 year old son. I'm so sorry. Thank you. And um, I'm pausing for a second because I, I really want to be clear here. I always thought, as anyone who's a parent and anyone who's parent listening to this, I'm sure would say that the worst nightmare they could ever experience is the loss of a child. Of course. And I, I when the minute both my boys were born, I had this fear of something happening to them. So, oh gosh. So I lived in a fear and now my fear is realized. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And I would thought that would take me down the rabbit hole of depression, down the rabbit hole of despair. And in comparison, and not that I'm trying to compare my previous experience, I felt more in hell losing my job, going through the divorce, losing all my money. Whoa. I thought that was more hell than this. Because I had developed a self-love practice that oh. prepared me. I call it a vaccination to chaos. It was preparing me for this, this trauma, this event. And I actually handled it. And I chose to handle it like this. I call it grieving with love. Ah, uh, Oh, said, that's very interesting. Like I'm, I consciously said, I'm going to grieve with love and through love, not through pain and suffering. 
So you're going to focus on like the... I'm going to focus on love. How can I feel loving towards him? How can I feel loving towards myself? How, and by the way, I was being immersed with love because I got to tell you, my Facebook page blew up with a oh, thousand I'm sure. comments and 10,000 likes and all because when I announced it... Of so course, everyone tries flood, to... Yeah, they were giving me tons of sympathy and empathy and emotional love. And I was feel, feeding it for a while. But after a while, it started to dissipate. Yeah. And I recognized I had to fill that up with my own love. Love. Wow. So you said earlier something. Like you said something along the lines of self-love sounds woo-woo and how do we love ourselves? I mean, it's almost like it's in the esoteric. It's out in this realm. Yeah. I feel like there's so many people who go like, yeah, okay, hippie. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like, what's what does that even mean? Love yourself. There's no time. Like So I was so I was talking to a friend of mine and we were just using the comparison and she has uh, three children. And I said, well, what's it like to love your children? And she literally could go through her memory banks of when they were born or this experience and when they got hurt, how she gave love to her child or, yeah. or something happened. And I said, okay, now what about yourself? Oh, And there was no, there's no consciousness around it. There's no memory around it. The reason why we love our children and love other people is because we have experiences that give us a clue of what that felt like. Yeah. So, so the idea of self-love is actually really hard to contemplate because most people haven't invested into their own self-love. They've invested in love for others. Absolutely. Love for their boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, their parents or their children. But what does it look like for oneself? Yeah. And it's like a lot of people haven't taken the time to learn that or just taken the time. To even know, contemplate it. To like... I want to just think about it. Just the contemplation of it. Yeah. So I, I'll give you an example. I did a Facebook post the other day. said, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher it now. That's <laughs> my own <laughs> post. Uh, I said something like, if I'm not thinking or feeling or saying the word love one second out of every second, I need to amp up my dosage. Yeah. Now you think about that one second out of 60 seconds. Okay. That oh, one, out of every minute. Okay. Out of every minute. Did yeah. I say You so? said one second out of every second. Oh, I was yeah, like, I've, you obviously meant something minute. else. Yeah, but... said, all right. But think about that. Like, why aren't I thinking about the word love 59 seconds out of every 60 seconds? Why isn't that crossing? Why isn't that kind of where I exist from? Yeah. So I've been really leaning into just the contemplation of that. I don't necessarily have an answer for it, but just contemplating that. Yeah. Just contemplating. And I'm not on drugs when I'm doing it sometimes. Well, no. And, and it's but, even more fun that way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> of course. I mean, give me some shrooms. I'll love everyone. But like, no, it's also is sort of when you are able to get in those zones. Because I've done, I've gone through periods where I'm, you know, doing a regular meditation practice or yeah. I go in and out of really having a good self-care routine to just completely throwing it aside. Yeah. It's the balance is very, it's a struggle, you know, for all of us, I think, but it does when you're really operating from that place, it does almost feel like a little bit of a high. Yeah. Do you have any issues with like when you started really getting in touch with the self-love part of yourself, Yeah. was that completely different from the identity you had had before? Like, was that very oh. different? That's a great question. And so um, I lived much of my life from a place of ego or fear. Mm. And I still do. I mean, we're human beings. We naturally operate from either an egoic place or a fear-based place. Very few people actually spend 
a significant amount of their given day from a place of love. Yeah. I mean, really from a place of love. And we've seen evidence of this from people like Gandhi or Mother Teresa or even one of my favorites right now is Mr. Rogers, who uh, truly. I mean, he was from- great. Yeah. So. So those are, you know, so to me, that's a role model and not the Kardashians or some oh, you know, boy I mean, band or whatever. God bless. <laughs> um, so um, I recognize that I spent a significant amount of my life in, in e- ego and fear. And in those spaces, I was in judgment. I was in resentment. I was feeling guilt. I was feeling um, comparing myself to others. Ugh. Those are all attacks to our own self-love. Absolutely. Now, you said something earlier that I just want to clarify for your audience. There's a difference between self-care and self-love. Ah, okay. Because a lot of people associate self-love with... Um, self-care. With, yeah, self-care. Like, for example, getting a manicure or doing a bubble bath or something that's nurturing your body, which is very good. Yes. It's very important. But a better way to nurture your body is pay attention to what you eat. Yeah. Exercise. That's, that's self-love. Okay. Actually paying attention to the poison you put in your body or the bad food, you know, I was eating candy right before we started you guys, (laughs) but just being mindful of that. That's actually a self-love practice. Okay. So Um, getting the movement, getting a little sunshine, that's getting your your vegetables, but not the manicures and things like that. That's just a luxury item. Okay. It might feel like self-love you're caring. And I'm I'm not just saying don't, get a manicure yeah. type of thing. Well, that's what but I always thought too don't was. Don't use that as really loving on yourself because the best way to love on yourself is twofold. Is A, recognize when you're in judgment of yourself, Ooh. when you're in self-criticism. Ooh, it's hard. Okay? Yeah. Because whenever I'm in judgment of myself or self-criticism or crucifixion, that is the time to give myself love. Yeah. What are you, when you catch yourself in yeah. a moment of self-criticism, any type of, you know, that, that avenue. Yeah. What is the first thing you do once you realize, oh, I'm being, you know, shitty to myself. Yeah. So first being self-critical, I think it's important to recognize your feelings are your barometer. Mm, Okay. When something doesn't feel good. Okay. So ask yourself, okay, something doesn't feel good. I don't know what it is in the moment. Is it that I'm maybe judging somebody else? Maybe I'm blaming someone else for the traffic as an example. Yeah. <laughs> am I judging them? Yeah. And then am I then judging myself for, you know, make, getting in the wrong lane at that moment when that la- the lane I was just in was going fast. Why didn't I leave one yeah, minute exactly. earlier? So that's you know? self-judgment, yeah. right? So first I'm judging traffic, then I'm judging. So my barometer is my feelings. Okay. If I don't feel good, that's the sign to go, okay, what's What's up? happening? Okay. okay. Now, awareness is to recognize that I created everything that's just happened. Wow. Okay. So let's say for the traffic, for example. Now, you might say, well, Jonathan, I didn't, you didn't create traffic. Well, I created the time I left my home yeah. to get somewhere, and that might have been at a time where it's maxed on traffic. Yeah. It was still my choice. That's So it's just looking at your world in such a way that I've created all the outcomes that it's like i am controlling it is yeah. is the positive of that too is like well we don't can't control it well we can't control but, it yeah but, but like, we, we were certainly a creators of it yes and i think that gives us more empowerment when we operate from that way because the other way is to operate from victim consciousness yeah which we are in a society here in particular in the united states that we're riddled with victim consciousness yeah we're like a victim culture it's yeah. almost the point of I think some people 
I mean, I guess it's a thing where, you know, you get a little bit of validation from a tiny outrage, a tiny offense that you yeah. share. I'm upset about this. Or, you know, something bad is happening. You share it and people glom onto that a little. Yeah. And then I think it feeds that part of people who, with our culture of the social media yeah. likes and stuff, I think that it's like, oh, this is what gets likes. And then people start maybe inadvertently feeding into more of the victim stuff, more of the, let me share what's going wrong because this, you know, the, my Twitter followers seem to jump on that more or like, and not that it's calculated, but they realize like that's where they're getting their communication from. And I think you can, it does. It's very easy to cycle into only seeing how things are, what's going wrong for you. You know, you know, it's interesting. I recently had an awareness that my, um, Facebook page is also my laboratory for self-love because there are times when I can post something and it creates controversy. And anytime there's controversy, I can be attacked personally. Ah. And I did a post uh, recently. I wonder if I should share it with your audience. Go ahead. We're we're controversial. I I ask questions that are controversial. We'll get to the skepticism. I saw on someone else's post, it said uh, Jesus was a liberal. So I thought that's kind of interesting. So I hmm. posted, if Jesus were alive today, would he be a liberal or a conservative? You just posed the question. I just, yeah, I just posed it as a question. So a third of people kind of responded, oh, he's the quintessential liberal. Another third was like, he's totally a conservative because he wouldn't kill babies kind of thing. And then yeah. a third of the people attacked me personally. For even suggesting. Exactly. Now, I don't want to get into the bandwagon of that. What my point was, the old Jonathan that takes things personally would go would have listened would literally I would have collapsed inside and that would have shut me down for two days straight. Wow. All of the attack because I'm a people pleaser. I want to be liked by everybody. Blah, same, blah, blah, same. blah, blah. I go, wow, this was interesting. I created this post. It upset people. I cr- it upset people, which I was a little bit shocked at first. But then I go, OK, well, pe- I was touching on whatever nerve that was hitting them. But what was really fascinating was I go, wow, what an interesting new way to love on myself. To just go. Wow. So people are attacking me. Time to app up my own self-love. So I literally say to myself the words constantly all day long, I'm loving myself. I love myself. I say it continually. You do. In my head and out loud. That's so fascinating. Do you... Was that an easy transition for you? Because I feel like where I'm at now is this sort of, and not, you know, it's not about me, but in case anyone else is in the same, like this one foot in the door of trying to self-love and then there's still being enough of a person who's judging myself to be, to like almost go, that's a little, that's a little crazy for you to be saying. So. I did something exactly six months ago yesterday. I started an affirmation. And um, I'll, I'll share with the audience what it is because I, I started a new one today. The, I said it 100 times a day straight for six months. Wow. The following affirmation is, I'm confident, smart, ambitious, loving myself and others. I'm confident, smart, ambitious, ambitious loving, loving myself, myself and, and others. others. Now, the reason why those three things were, the first three are, there are times when I don't feel confident. So yeah. I just want to reinforce confidence. The other thing is I feel like I'm stupid. 
I mean, anytime I make of, a mistake, I could stub my toe and I'd be like, you're the dumbest person on earth. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, so, what a leap. So I want to reinforce my intelligence and then ambition only because I went through a real tough time the past year with I mean, my son I and imagine. I lost a bit of my ambition. So, but the key phrase in this is loving myself and others. I added, I'm smart, confident, or I'm confident, smart, ambitious, loving myself and others, loving myself and others, saying that over and over, saying it a hundred times a day first. Yeah. And then doing it for six months straight. Today I'm starting, I started a brand new affirmation. Is that what you're doing every six months? You're like, let's mix it up. Another one. So this one is just simply, I'm loving myself and everyone else. I love that. I'm loving myself and everyone else. And so this might, to some of you, some of you listening is go, God, that's ridiculous. And others are or going, seem like I a lot. get yeah, this. Exactly. Is because if we want love to be in our consciousness on a continual basis, then it has to start from within. Okay. Both loving ourselves and loving every human being. Yeah. No right or wrong. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's genuinely what the foundation of this podcast is. Yeah. was like, let me bring in people who maybe have different viewpoints from me or from a listener and and a lot of it is, let me ask questions that, you know, could be misconstrued sometimes as like offensive or skeptical because I believe that's like, I think so much of what we perceive as like hate is misunderstanding. Yes. So I'm like, there's so many questions people have, but they're like, oh, I'll seem like a jerk or I'll seem stupid if I ask that. So I made this podcast to be like, mm. all right, I'll just take the bullet for it. I'll ask the questions that people are like, well, what about this? Are you going to ask one about liberal and conservative? I mean, <laughs> we don't have to get political on this one. I, I, I definitely no. have some episodes where I've had to be like, okay, that's interesting. And Well, you know, it's interesting because as a, I'm, my profession as a dating and relationship coach, um, specifically helping women understand men. Ah, ooh, and, I might have some skeptical questions okay. for you. And so there's always controversy because I like to, I'm a contrarian. So a lot of the advice I give is contrary to popular opinion. It's the same. Um, so um, what, however, I found that Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Dating and dating in particular now triggers the number one emotional health issue facing Americans today. Yeah. And that is a lack of self-worth, self-confidence, self-love. Yeah. So it's, dating can trigger everyone's greatest fears about themselves. About themselves because all of a sudden you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. And now you have to look at like, we, we do the thing where we go like, am I enough? Yeah. Am I, is this person going to reject me? Wait, what does my bracelet say? Oh my God. He's literally wearing a bracelet that says I'm enough. <laughs> That's which is a great affirmation, by the way. Wait, what's and my t-shirt say? You guys, he's just full. It's self-love club. It's amazing. <laughs> you guys, it's, it's awesome. Well, that's the thing about, I think I used to be a person who thought like affirmations. I looked at it almost like cartoonishly, like you just recite things to yourself in the mirror. You say them out loud to yourself. And then it took me learning about the like scientific research behind like neurolinguistic programming yeah. and realizing that, yeah, sometimes if you've been crapping on yourself for years and being like, I'm an idiot, it's like, that's a changeable pathway, but it's deep. So you have to almost overcompensate with 
I am worthy. I yeah. am smart to, and repeat it over and over to change the way your brain initially reacts. So, you know, you bring up a point that I was just thinking about, you know, a lot of self-help gurus will tell you do, uh, do something for 30 days straight to change a habit. Yeah. And while there's some truth to that, you can begin changing a habit if you do something repetitive for 30 days. Yeah. Here's what the misconception is. All of a sudden you have changed. Do you think I'm a new yeah. person? And, and what I've come to realize is I invest a ton of time on myself every day to love yeah. on myself. And I'm still scratching the surface yeah. or peeling the layer. Like it's like peeling an onion and that's going to take, take the rest of my life to experience. Wow. And so Anytime I have this expectation that all of a sudden I've done this for six months and I'm just going to go, ah, I'm enlightened yeah, forever yeah, now. It's not the way it works. Yeah. And it's not about, it's not even about, it's not even about being enlightened or anything else. It's, I mean, that's a one way to view it, but how can I operate from a place of inner peace of joy and happiness on a continuous basis. That's what I'm striving for. Yeah. And what does that look like for me? And that's my invitation for everyone. I love that. Well, it's also more about, I think when you're going, okay, for 30 days, I'm going to do whatever the given exercise, yeah. you know, mantra, et cetera, is I feel like it's, yeah, th that misconception of like that you'll just be quote cured versus like, no, you're like building a habit to continue doing it. Is yes. what you're doing. That's why it's you're, called a practice. Exactly. Well, and I, and, it's so easy to give up on like, oh, well, it's not perfect. Or I, you know, I'm maybe not for everyone, but I'm like, well, I haven't meditated in a week. I guess I just don't meditate anymore. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> Did you, let's talk about the dating coach stuff a little. Okay, sure. So with all this <laughs> like self-discovery, self-love stuff, did it sort of kind, did it reiterate, there's a very classic idea or you know you know dating thing of you can't love anyone else till you love yourself yeah did you always think that or was it sort of like all of this like awakening you've had about self-love did that kind of make that click more for you like oh you know it's funny i've been saying the phrase you have to love yourself before you can love another for years but until I actually did a deep dive in the past year. Did I understand what that means? Yeah, it's one of those What's, phrases. It has to kind of so wash I, I, over you. I wrote a book. I wrote a, a different book. Oh, I think it was 2012. Okay. Uh, called, um, no, I published in 2011. It's called uh, Understand Men Now, The Relationships Men Commit to and Why. And recently I got asked to be interviewed on that book. And the interviewer read my entire book and it, because he was reciting stuff from it. And I'm oh, like, wow. And the whole time I'm going, well, I have a slightly different perspective on that. Isn't now. that so interesting? Like, I literally was, whatever he was at, with disagreeing yourself? with my own book that I wrote, you know, seven years prior. I was literally, I mean, not disagreeing with it, but more offering a slightly different perspective yeah. on everything. So much of the way I coached, and much of the way, 99.9% .9 of the dating coach advice out there is all egoic. It's all either based on, um, what's the word um, I'm thinking of? They're either tapping into someone's ego or tapping into their fears. Ah, uh, okay. So they're okay. they're address they're using either, one of the, like yeah one of those they're things. addressing those two areas and not really coming from a conscious place of love. Yeah. Okay. So if I did a post, who's supposed to pay for a date? 
you know, and you get this angry mob saying men are supposed to pay for a day. And people are like, you but know, you're a well, feminist. That, yeah. And it's that war of... Or, but, but here's <laughs> the thing. That's all based on ego or fear. That's not based on a compassionate, loving way to approach that dynamic of who yeah. pays. So I'm here to talk, I'm shifting more into how can I interject love into the traditional stereotypes and societal expectations okay. about, around pe- the way people mate, date, mate, date, mate, and relate. <laughs> I like that, date, mate, and relate. Well, because previously were you kind of like, when I could see how with a dating coach, it's kind of like almost goal-oriented, like we're going to get you a relationship. And then yes. if you're not approaching that from love, it becomes sort of like a almost a checklisty. To me, it seems like that's, I, I always worry about this with relationships with, I have friends who are so focused on wanting the relationship. Yeah. Like not dating anyone. Just, I want a boyfriend. And I'm like, that is how you end up settling to me. Is that like, you can be, you know, come from a place of love and share love. And, you know, you can of course want things, but like focusing on the, the title of, you know, I want, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. You're playing well, with most like people sticky. That come from that place are often codependent. Yeah. They need someone in their life because they don't fulfill within themselves. So I've shifted all of my coaching from how to get the guy to how to be in the relationship with yourself. So how to love yourself and that. So that is you are, you start you with your, you First, you want to meet your own soulmate. Just by the way, for anyone who wants to meet their soulmate right now, go to your bathroom, look in the mirror, and that's your soulmate. Oh my God, I, that's so Okay. That's so and cute. if you want to meet your true love, you go to the bathroom, look in the mirror. And, and start criticizing them immediately. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like you've been doing to your other partners. <laughs> then you're really in a true relationship. So, But that's where it starts. It starts with, and by the way, for the longest time, I believed that I would be happier if I had a relationship in my life. Yeah. That, life was, and that I deserved it and all these things. And I realized the most important relationship is with myself. Absolutely. Well, and I do think sometimes the wanting for a partner I go and I mean I'm I'm in a relationship but I still go and I'm very happy with the person (laughs) I'm with but like when I've been single and been like should I date some of it's like do I just want that because we're told that's what we're supposed to want like I love love but I don't I don't know if I want the whole you know you know white picket fence marriage yeah whatever you don't want to buy the cow do you (laughs) <laughs> no, I just want a little rump roast. <laughs> I'll take a ribeye. <laughs> I know, just like some steak tips, and then I can go to bed. Um, shoot, I there were so many thoughts going on. Oh, here's my question. So, so now you're sort of trying to coach people from a love yourself, and that will be you'll be bringing the best person forward to when you do either yeah. the relationship you're in or when you find a partner. Yeah, that's sort of where you're. Yeah. Coming from and you are here's where I'm gonna get like my skeptical. Okay. So are you dating anyone? Or uh, what's your dating? So I I was in a um, I want to give your audience a full picture. I was in a significant relationship that ended just shy of two years ago. Mm-hmm. And in that time I lost my mom and I lost my son. So it rain when it rains, it pours. Yeah. And then my father is- moved out of the country and my business started to tank. So <laughs> and when I say tank is I just didn't feel like working this past Yeah. Well, years. I mean well, you've been through a lot too. Yeah. And so from a dating perspective, I am definitely out there. Okay. I mean, I've got myself on dating apps. I'm on dating profiles and such. 
Um, I don't spend a lot of time looking. Yeah. I might spend a few minutes here or there. I feel as though that I'm starting to get into a place where I don't, it's going to come to me. Yeah. We're like, I'm going to work on loving myself. Yeah. And when the right thing comes, it'll it's come. It's just going to come right to me. It's literally going to knock on my front door. Now really? that's kind of a little of exaggeration, but I'm also a public figure. It can knock on my front door. <laughs> it literally. could be in my DMs right now. Yeah, exactly. I just haven't <laughs> looked at my messages. So, um, so I'm operating from a place like that. I'm literally operating from how, am, so remember I said before, your feelings are your barometer. Yes. So I'm spending a lot of time now no, noticing my intuition and paying attention to how can I operate in my life from operating from intuition? Mm, trusting that. Yes. So we go against it so much. And, and I and it literally could be a text message from someone. I go, you know what? My intuition says this is off. Because everyone has told you, you have to operate from the, you just never know, give people a chance, you know, this Benefit whole, of the doubt. Yeah, benefit of the doubt. Yeah, those are the top three. And it's so fascinating. Every time I give it the benefit of the doubt, I go against my intuition, or I just, you know, that I keep so thinking. So often just, you're like, I was right. Not so often. Every <laughs> time I was right. So now I look for what does my body say? What does my heart say? Does it feel like, okay. And it could be, it might be neutral. Yeah. Neutral isn't a no. Neutral is just neutral. Yeah. That means just be open. But I'm either looking for a hell yes, because if I get a no, that's a no. Yeah. And it literally could be one sentence and a text message. And I know some people, this goes against every dating advice out there because you should never operate this way. I would agree. This takes ninja level uh, operating at your intuition like, level. And of to, trust of your intuition, of really having like practice listening. Like and... I literally practice trusting my intuition constantly. Yeah. Wow. And then I'm it... not recommending this for the lay person. Let me just say this. <laughs> you got to work on it. Yeah. No, seriously. Well, this, it's also... a, this is a practice. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, depending on what an individual's journey has been, like what they've been through sometimes, because I know it's like depending on, you know, if you've had, you know, any type of trauma or sometimes what feels like intuition is like a false flag almost where it's like you can get, I mean, triggers is the word. I just did a whole yeah. episode about being triggered, okay. but it's, so that that is why it's a practice where you have to like learn to go, actually, th this is the thing that sets me yeah. off because it's reminding me of something unrelated, like a childhood thing. But. Well, intuition typically comes from a calm place inside of you. Uh, that's how you know it's intuition. That's a good note. If Instead of that freak out. Yeah, of... if it's freaking out, that's just fear or ego talking. Oh, wow. So if you want to really learn how to pay attention to your intuition, start a practice. Say to myself, I'm going to start paying attention to my intuition. Just say those words. Everyone listening right now, I'm going to practice Paying attention, attention to, to my, my intuition. intuition. I like that. It, and then start to notice things and just start to notice things and notice things and, and just, notice things. Just and pay attention. And pay attention and pay attention and pay. I'm repeating myself intentionally. I mean, I, yeah. It takes a practice of doing I, that. Of repetition. Truly. Yes. Um, do you still do the dating, dating coaching? A lot of that? So, uh, yeah, I've shifted my practice. So I have a membership program called Midlife Love Mastery. Oh, nice. So is that mostly for people who are 
midlife. Yeah. My, what, my, what age my is midlife? Is, is typically it's after baby making years and before retirement. So okay. I would say if you're 42 to 69, that's my demographic. <laughs> Except now 30 year old women are coming for my advice. And I'm like, I'm loving it because I'm getting you way before you can become really heavily doodly jaded or bitter. Yeah. Or, where you're like, you know, there's no point. Or, exactly. Where you're like, so. oh, you're still like open to like it's out there you're yeah. not coming like okay listen <laughs> kicking and screaming dragging yourself no, I, into- I, so even though that's so midlife love mastery is a it's a small fee membership where you get access to uh, a library of videos i created i have a facebook group where i shoot a video every day for the group it's a like a three or like a five minute video on any that. question that's asked of the group. I shoot a video of it every morning and oh, then wonderful. I do a call once a month. And this is all for less than 20 bucks a month to join. Oh, great. So that's where a majority of my clientele comes from. And then I work individually, mostly now shifting to self-love. Wow. Like a self-love coach kind yeah, of thing. I'm calling, I'm, I'm not there calling myself love Co- coach yeah. yet, but I'm, but it is self-love slash dating and relationships because the idea is to, redirect all that love towards yourself and that will attract and that will attract him. It really will like, but I'm, if that, but and by the way, my clients get my personal cell phone number. So it could be a Sunday at eight o'clock at night and they can text me and they could just have finished a date and I'll get on the phone with them. That's amazing. I literally make myself 24 seven available for my clientele. Does anyone ever have questions? Cause th- this was the skeptical thing. Isn't, has anyone ever been like, well, like, how are you? You're you don't have, you're not with somebody. How are you going to help me? Does anyone ever like? So you might as well say that a great surgeon needs cancer to know how to remove cancer from a body. Wow. Does a great surgeon need that to know that? Not necessarily. I like that. I'm not here. I'm here to give you perspective. Yeah. You're like, and I'm I just giving it, you. Yeah. I'm giving perspective okay. and that's what I'm here. It's not. First off, most people that are coaching out there learn, they, they met someone in their life and they're just teaching you what they learned. Yeah. That's not, that's giving you their perspective in one narrow. Their journey, band, which isn't okay? so, yeah. Like I'm, everyone's here just, I'm here to stir the pot for you to invite you to ask the questions of yourself, to create a different perspective. Get you thinking. It, that's it. Looking at you, looking at really what's really going on. Yes. That's what I'm here to help. I like that. Um, do you, when you're giving advice, I mean, so you have this like big age range. Do you give advice on, I'm now looking at questions that some of my listeners have sent in, but like, do you think that age matters? Like when, in terms of like, if someone comes in and they're like young and they want to date older people or vice versa, is there any, so here's the thing. Advising on that. Okay, so I did a post on this the other day. It's ironically. Yes, find him on Facebook. There's a lot of women that feel rejected by men because men oftentimes want younger women. Okay, that's a perception. That's an ongoing thing. Yes. Okay. Does it really what matters? What a billion men do? What matters most is the one guy you're going to be going out with. Yeah. And the one guy you're going out with is going to appreciate your age, no matter who you are or whatever age you are. Yeah. So rather than focusing on who gives a fuck what a billion other people do. Men don't like women my age. How about focusing on the right guy appreciates my age just for where I'm at. Yeah. How about that's all you say. That's an affirmation. The right right person appreciates my age. My age. That's it. That's all you have to say. I think that's so great because we get so caught up in the, it's easy for people to get caught up in the, and I think a little bit 
of these things is like an like an ego thing of yes. <laughs> well going oh no one wants to date me because of my age no one wants to date me because of my size no one wants to date me because i'm funny and it's like no that's not true <laughs> but it's like it's if there are people who don't want to date you for those reasons yeah i've always been of the mindset of like yeah you don't want to date someone who doesn't want to date you. So I, I'm, that's not the one, uh, you know, it's funny because I got a, uh, this was, uh, I guess a year ago, I had a woman who's a Facebook friend of mine and we were, I was on Bumble and she swiped and I swiped and I'm like, cool. Cause I kind of had a little bit of a crush on her. Oh my God, I mean, fun. I just liked the way she looked and I liked a couple things in her profile. So when she wrote me, she started off by going, Jonathan, I just want to be upfront. I think you're incredibly handsome. And I'm completely intimidated by you and I can't date a dating coach. <laughs> and so, so then, of course, my ego popped in and wanted to give her all the reasons why she's mistaken. <laughs> but what I recognize is, okay, that's her fear coming up. Yeah. I'm not here to convince her to that fear date is an illusion in her own mind. Yeah. Right? I want that woman who goes, you're a dating coach? Fucking A, that's awesome. Yes. I want to be with you. So I could have seen that as a negative, and it's true. A lot of people wouldn't want to date a therapist or a dating coach. A female or comedian. Or a female comedian, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, but how about the right person loves exactly what I do for a living? Absolutely. And that's all I have to say. And they're going to be like, fuck yeah. Like that's Because yeah. that's my world is female, you know, is comedy. And then I have female friends who talk about, you know, like so many men are just too intimidated. And it's like, yeah, those guys are not... You don't want to date that guy. You don't want a guy who's like, oh, I just don't, you're so much funnier than me. And it's like, yeah. So what? So what? <laughs> but like the right guy, like my boyfriend is like, thinks it's so amazing that like, oh my God, she's so funny. And he like, can't like, he can't wait for more of his friends to meet me. And they're like, yeah. you're, you're going to love how funny. Well, it's just such a thing that. Yeah. Is worrying about that people won't like what you're bringing to the table. And it's, it's just so silly to me that like, yeah, no, some people won't for all that you bring to the table and the right person's going to appreciate all of that. I love that. How about that? Be a mantra. Those are affirmations. Those are ways because majority, I see a big pot percentage of the population operates like they're Eeyore. I mean, truly. you know, and I'm, I've gotten into tigger. that habit. I'd rather be Tigger. Oh yes. <laughs> Joy and love and just yeah. bouncing around. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I have, it's, it's easy to get sucked into that cycle of, I think either. Do you think when you're, the more you're practicing self-love, uh, I mean, uh, this is a no brainer, but sure. does it become easier or more innate to have reactions that come from that place? So I would say that a, what's interesting, cause a friend of mine and I were just talking about this this morning. She goes, well, God operating from a place of self-love can be boring because you're not being triggered. In other words, so you're not so you're not being triggered by negativity, and so could the corresponding you're not being you know, enlightened not enlightened, but you're not emotionally missing out on joy, right? Yeah, that emotional and uh, emotional arousal where you're just like. So peace. I am working on operating from a place of neutrality. In other words, not reacting to when negative things happen. Now I say I'm practicing it. I'm not achieving it. Fully, Absolutely, but I'm just operating the best I can to be in neutrality. What's happening, though, is I may not act like happy things or like I'm acting exuberant, per se, and I'm like doing backflips like Tigger, per yeah. se, but I'm feeling 
calm and inner peace. Like allowing yourself to just. Yeah. And so I'm just noticing that I'm feeling more and more at peace in my life. And I can't, I can't begin to describe how amazing that feels. That's really great. Because I think if you're someone who operates from those emotional highs and lows where like you want those big reactions, when you start to work on this type of thing, self-love, neutrality can almost feel boring at first where you're just like, why am I not? Yeah. Over the moon. And you go, ah, it's sometimes that you're almost just chasing an emotion. It feels like so learning to just exist in the calm. Well, some people are addicted to drama because they, they need the excitement to feel alive. And like the adrenaline rush. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be a false lived, you know, experience after a while. Absolutely. Um, couple more questions from listeners if you are cool with it um i'm cool with it let's see um do you think that like relationships are built on an unspoken assumption that there's going to be a fair and balanced dynamic that'll nourish both parties basically someone was like is it wrong to approach a relationship from sort of um expecting someone to reciprocate whatever you're bringing to the table is it wrong Wait. Like, well, first off, how about we start from the assumption of no assumptions? How about no expectations? I like that. How about starting from a no place of no expectations and just operate from a place of giving? If you are giving in a relationship and the person is also giving, fantastic. You're with yes. two givers. If you're giving in a relationship and the other person is taking and not giving back, then is don't make the investment of giving anymore. Of giving. And if need be, and the relationship. Yeah. But stop expecting someone else to change and be careful because there's a lot of people who give to get or a lot of people who give who are martyrs. Yeah. I've given, I've given, I've given, I've given, I've given. Look at you all know, I've look done. At, look at all I've done. Well, that's just martyrdom. Yeah. You know? That's not real love. Yeah. That, and then just like the, yeah, the transactional of like that love. I, I have always approached it like, or have tried yeah, as I've been like working on myself and learning and stuff, just this idea of that lo- love is a gift, not a loan, sort of, <laughs> so to speak. That I like, because like there are people who think because they have given love to you, yeah. and we, we, a lot of us do it. That you go on now that I, you have this title of boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, yeah. they suddenly have these expectations of like this is what a boyfriend would do, this is what my best friend would do, and then that person doesn't live up to that simply because they've continued to be themselves and now you're hurt. But like, I like that note of stop expecting them to be someone else. You can continue from a place of this is how it's going to be. Or, you know, if it's something that's hurting you, you don't like that you're not getting reciprocated. Yeah. It's okay to be hurt and end it and just go, this isn't for me. Because if you, I I feel like, yeah, holding on to that or continuing to expect that that's going to build like passive aggressive resentments. That's great. Well, you know, it's interesting. No expectations. There's like an that. element of in relationships where I've noticed, and I've, I'm counseling a few friends of mine, and some things awry with their partner. Yeah. And it's just, it's in the moment. But somehow in their consciousness, that moment is like an eternity. Forever. Okay. I guess we hate each other. Yeah, exactly. In other words, Ooh, it's I've time done to that. break up or all these things. And I'm like, look, dude, it's just a moment. 
you're going to come back to equilibrium again. Yeah. And life is always going to be like that. Life is always going to be a shift in moments, a shift in the, you know, it could be negative. It could be positive. It's like a pendulum. But don't get, don't get so hung up that it's forever. It's just a moment. That is a thing I do just in general with emotions. Yeah. A big thing I, and meditating and working on myself has helped, but I have moments of when it's a heightened emotion. Yeah. Forgetting that it's like, this is going to pass. Yeah. Everything passes. Yes. And in the moment when it's, when it's an intense emotion, it's easy to feel like, oh, this is just forever. And it's like yeah. literally probably in 10 minutes, you know, you'll fucking have calmed down. Yeah. But and people- you can breathe and get there faster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, we talked about breath earlier. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's now I can, you know, there could be the said that that's our reptilian brain that's afraid of the tiger and we're in fear and all that kind of stuff that yeah. happens biologically. But I also believe that we can train ourselves. You do. Okay. Cause that's what I like. Can you learn to react differently yes. to the stimuli that practice. triggers you? Okay. Takes lots of practice. Do you have any like exercises you do or? Or yeah, post on Facebook something controversial. Yeah, start uh, a war. A way, start a I don't, war. I'm start. feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to upset other people about something I don't even care about. <laughs> so you know, it's interesting. I was watching a uh, video the other day. It was on soulmate, soul contracts, and tr- twin flames. <gasps> twin flames. And, and so twin flames are actually those volatile relationships. A lot of wow. people think they're the bliss relationships. Oh, really? No, twin flames are you drawing in your mirror that's going to cause so much friction in your life. That's oh, why you my- draw that in. So, so I was thinking, I was thinking about the idea that we attract relationships. So we given a chance to love ourselves more. In other words, when we attract a relationship that isn't for our highest and best use if yeah. you will, or service, it's because we need to practice loving on ourselves. So, oh, wow. okay. So I'm watching this video that same day I pulled out my back. <gasps> oh okay. no. I was, uh, I was exercising. I did this clean and jerk move and then bam, my back went out. So. <laughs> About, and, and I took me a half hour to walk home because I'd walk to the gym. Which was 10 minutes away. It took me about no. 40 minutes to walk home. I crawled into bed and I said, wow, what an interesting way to choose to love myself. This is an, so I kept thinking, this is an interesting way to choose to love myself. Well, that's a lot easier than spending six months in a tumultuous twin flame relationship. I decided that today I'm going to choose this. And at my back, has been out for five days. I'm just recovering. I mean, yeah. like, I feel better today. You'll, yeah, you look like but, you're moving all right. No, but I mean, but I decided to choose this. Remember, I created this. I yeah. decided to do the exercise. To go to the, I created this. I decided to clean to and myself. jerk. Yeah. I, that's what I decided to view this as. I could have used this as a negative. I could have blamed the gym for the exercise. I could have blamed a lot of things. Or I could have said, wow. I did this so I could love on myself. And I spent the last five days loving on myself. Yeah, like, all right, I need to chill out for yeah. a second. I don't need a twin flame to do that. Yeah, way. not needing a person to fill that. Yeah. That. But I'm saying this is the way I chose to view it. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, reframing the way you are viewing the world is, you know, your reality. So the more you can approach things from that place yeah. of it's love and it's, it's good. Cause it's easy to, I think it's easy to do the opposite of, you know, everything's woe is me. Everyone's against me. Hey, everyone would say, look what you've gone through, Jonathan, losing a child, your mom, all this. They'd be like, I totally get get it. it. You're allowed. They would give you permission. And I'm like, no, it's the opposite. It's inspiring me 
to actually invest in myself even more. In fact, I did a I got I did a journey recently where I got a visitation from my son. I'm just going to say it was a plant-based journey. Medicine <laughs> journey. I'm not going to say what. But I did a journey. I've and, probably done a few of those journeys. Okay. So I'm just giving the <laughs> audience a clue that I was doing a spiritual journey. I had a visitation from my son. And wow. he said, in this particular message, he said, all heartbreak is an opportunity to amp up your self-love. I love All that. heartbreak is an opportunity to amp up your self-love. Dosage of self-love is what he said, dosage. And the point was, you lose a job <laughs> that could be heartbreaking, amp the self-love. You lose a parent, that's heartbreaking, amp up the self-love. You lose a child, devastating, Yeah. amp up the self-love. And so it, any, any loss, if you will, or anything that g- might give you heartbreak is an opportunity to love on yourself even more. Yeah, and that's almost, it almost is like, like the universe, whatever, you, if, what do you guys, God, whatever you call it, whoever's listening, but like, it's almost serves as like, that is what you're like being given permission to like, Hey, don't remember to love yourself. Yes. I, I, I now look at every opportunity, good or bad as an opportunity. And I don't even think there is such a thing as good or bad, but I'm yeah, saying just I, is. I looked, it is as an opportunity to love on myself. I love that. Yeah. I love that you love on yourself. That's great. I think we should all. I do too. Thank do you. Do more of that. Um, I mean, I guess that's it. I don't know if you have any little tiny things you want to impart, but I feel like you've given us so much. Oh my gosh. Wisdom. Uh, Where can people find your book? So, um, well, I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere here. Oh, I'll put it. The show notes, by the way, you guys is going to have everything links yeah, to his so, his stuff. He'll have a link to the book. So I'm going to read I'll the book and book. do a bonus uh, review of it as oh. a for my Patreon listeners. So, okay. um, and then I'll and post a little thing about it in the regular okay. stuff too. But um, well, there'll be um, I'll offer a couple chapters of my book. It's at jonathanaslay.com forward slash love, and you'll see it in the show notes. Give you an opportunity to get my book. You could check out my website, which is Understand Men Now. <laughs> uh, it's also Jonathan Asley. Now. Yeah, now. <laughs> uh, and then my book is on Amazon at What the Heck is Self Love Anyway. And it's yeah. on Amazon. Oh, that's great. And then, and people can just find you on Facebook. Yeah. Jonathan Asley. Uh, get in those, uh, get in those comments of, of the controversial Facebook posts. <laughs> um, thank you for joining me today. Thank this has you, been Jeff. really lovely. Oh, it's been a blast. Um, a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye guys. We'll talk to you soon. There you go. All about self-love with acclaimed author, Jonathan Asley. Check out his social media. Get that book. It's all in the show notes. I will be reading along with you. What do you do for self-love? Come over to our Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Start a conversation about it. Things that you've tried. Things that didn't work for you. Let's get, let's get on this self-love train together, gang. Let's all do mushrooms is what I'm saying, probably. If you like the podcast and you haven't subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, rate, Give it a review. Share it with your friends because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big, big thank you to John, Dustin, Jean, Kathy, and Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. You guys keep these episodes flowing. and I couldn't do it without you. I am glad we're friends. I'm glad we're interacting on a constant basis. If you want to join the League of Extraordinary Idiots and be, be part of all the fun... Get some exclusive uh, tickets to shows, VIP experiences. 
etc., etc. Patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. At Blessed Podcast on Twitter. I don't know if I've even tweeted in how long. Ignorance is blessed. On the gram, if you want to see pictures of the people whose voices you're hearing in your ears. And uh, you can follow me all over the internet at JMS Comedy. I'm on this new app, by the way, called Edgy Moo. And it's supposed to be, it's like Instagram, but no comments. You can just like photos. And um, there's something else that was really appealing about it. Oh, no ads and no foreign bots. So it's all real people just enjoying each other's adventures via photo. I don't know. Check that out, I guess. I'm still trying to figure out how it works. E-G-I-M-O-O. They did tell me as an as an influencer who they invited to the app if I get a certain number of followers first, which I won't. Someone's already gotten it. They were like, you can have money. But just so you know, it's not an actual ad. It's just a cool thing I'm trying out. I'm trying to get more excited about it. So if you do end up trying it, let me know so I can follow you because right now I'm just randomly following a bunch of strangers who, you know, some of them have good photos, but if I'm being completely honest, I don't give a fuck about them because I don't know them. I was just trying to be engaging, which is a fucking nightmare. What am I doing? That's a whole nother episode. Anyway, I'm glad you guys are here. If you have any additional questions for that guest or a guest you want to have on, a different topic you want covered, you want more of a topic covered, let me know in the Facebook group uh, or shoot an email over to ignoranceisblessedpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, no underscores, no hashtags. I will always do my best to deliver what I can. So just keep asking. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening, and thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.